Discipleship on Purpose podcast. Let's get after it, DOP fam. Ryan here with a discipleship discussion on forsaking leadership. Years ago, I was challenged with the idea that Jesus does not call Christians to submit to leaders blindly. It has been my most popular blog post for my blog, and so I thought it would be worth sharing on a DOP podcast as I feel this is an important issue for Christians to think about. A church that opens her doors to unqualified and unaccountable leaders is more vulnerable to worldliness and is more liable to sending out her people with an impotent gospel. Are we called to follow our church leaders no matter what? Before that question can be answered, we need to talk about our definitions. Who are your leaders? If you are a member of a local body of believers, then it is safe to say that your eldership is who your leaders are. If you're not a member of a local church, then you cannot obey any leader. Hebrews 13.17 calls us to obey and submit to our leaders, and without membership, you cannot say you have put yourself under leadership. At this point, we need to talk about Hebrews 13.17. It is a verse many authoritarian leaders use and abuse. They use it in a way not authorized in Scripture. A leader who is not for accountability is all for Hebrews 13.17. I have been told that we are called to submit to church leadership regardless of what they might do while in the office of eldership, and that is... And, and, and that it, to not submit to church leadership is worthy of damnation. Biblically speaking, sometimes in order to follow Jesus, you will have to forsake the leadership of a bad leader. Not all leaders are meant to be followed. This support, to support this, I would use Hebrews 13.7, 1 Corinthians 4.16, and 11.1, Philippians 3.17, 2 Timothy 3, 10-12, and 2 Thessalonians 3, 7-9. These verses assume the qualification of the leader, i.e. Like, like Paul, and, and would seem to also suggest that we should follow those leaders. Think about it. Are you really trusting God by submitting to elders that, that you don't trust? If God does not call us to follow leader, uh, God, yeah, if God does not call us to follow leadership blindly, then why would we think we are trusting God in submission that is not biblical? John MacArthur says, authentic loyalty is not blind devotion to a mere man. The Bible calls us to submit and obey our leaders. But the Bible also is clear that the leaders we are, are we the leaders we submit to are required to be qualified and accountable in their shepherding care of God's people of that particular flock. So that means that if we submit and obey to a disqualified leader, we are actually disobeying the Bible. How do you know your leaders are qualified? Well, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 and Titus 1, 7 through 9 give us the qualifications for what determines who can be an elder within a local body of believers. The main point of these qualifications is Christian character. James 1, 3 tells us, quote, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, end quote. To be an elder is a very high calling. The men we put into office will make a difference because the men under the leadership will be influenced to live a gospel that reflects correct doctrine or wrong doctrine. One of our elders 
at Trinity Evangelical Church said, leadership offices in the church require a certain character. Leaders are to be those who live like Christ in a distinct and dependable way. That's quote Sean Higgins. An elder is not someone that works his way into leadership, but has grown up into godliness and is able to teach and demonstrate it before God's people. Just because you can preach God's word does not mean that the teaching is in you. A leader that is not putting uh, into practice what he is calling his people to do is disqualified. The church as a whole is responsible to affirm all leaders. But being affirmed is not a once and done affirmation. The process is ongoing. In other words, just because you are an elder does not mean your church cannot remove you from office. The church has final authority with her members. She is responsible to affirm or deny all members, and this would include the leadership that would be in place to equip the saints for the work of ministry. How do you know your leaders are accountable? Do you understand what being accountable means? I love the definition of accountability in the 1828 Noah's Dictionary. The state of being liable to answer one's conduct, liability to give an account, and to receive reward or punishment for actions. There are far too many Christians who are ignorant on the subject of accountability. There are four levels of Christian accountability. They might surprise you as they did me, but if the men of the next generation are going to lead God's people well, they need to understand this. Number one, all Christians and non-Christians are accountable to God. Romans 14, 12 tells us that we all will give an account to God. Hebrews 4.13 tells us that no creature is hidden from his sight and are naked and exposed before God to whom we must give an account. Um, second, all Christians are accountable to their leaders, elders. Hebrews 13.17 tells us that we are to obey and submit to our leaders. But we need to understand that while any, while any leader can cherry pick this verse, we are called to obey and submit to um, uh, submit their authority, which the Bible would give them. So the Bible gives them their authority. We're to submit to that. And just because they ask or tell us to trust them does not mean that we follow blindly. Third, all Christians are accountable to all the Christians within their local body. In other words, sheep are accountable to the other sheep, which would include leaders and leaders are accountable to the other leaders and also the sheep within their flock. So to sum that up, elders, are accountable to their sheep. You know, they, they can't say that, you know, the sheep can't ha have anything on them. That's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make there. A leader uh, that will not be accountable to his sheep is disqualified. Consider and read Proverbs 27, 17, Matthew 18, 15, Galatians 6, 1, Ephesians 5, 21, Colossians 3, 16, 1 Thessalonians 5.14 and Hebrews 3.13. Consider Matthew 18, which covers church discipline. If the brother that sins against you does not repent, you are to come back with two others, and if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. That does not mean your elders. It is safe to say that up to this point, the elders of the local church have been heavily involved, but the elders are not the final authority on the discipline. The church is responsible, even when it comes to the discipline of disobedient elders. 1 Timothy 5, 19-20 tells, tells us what to do with a sinning elder. 
And last, number four, all Christians are accountable to all their unbelieving neighbors. 1 Timothy 3.7 tells us that an elder must be well thought of by outsiders. In other words, to not be well thought of would mean that they are not above reproach and that the elder would be disqualified from being a leader within God's church. Colossians 4, 5 through 6 tells us Christians tells Christians that they must walk in wisdom towards outsiders. The point I'm hoping to make is that the Bible does not call us to obey and submit to our leaders no matter what. The Bible makes it clear that we are called to submit to elders who are qualified and accountable. It is not good enough to leave situations in his hands. While God is sovereign over all circumstances, he has also required leaders to be faithful and responsible in the care of his church. Yes, the church is his and he is in control, but he also told us how we ought to behave in the household of God. 1 Timothy 3, 14-16 The problem with elders who are not qualified and accountable is that their people will be influenced to live likewise. Imitation is going to happen. One bad apple will ruin the whole bunch. Some have said that it is not our job to confront sinning Christians and that it is the Holy Spirit's job to deal with them. Wrong! Read 1 Corinthians 5 and really focus your eyes on verses 12 and 13. So what happens when leaders don't represent Jesus? The following is from Church Membership by Jonathan Lehman. While, Lehman, while Jonathan Lehman may not be your leader, I do believe he brings up some things we should think about in regards to our own church leadership. Church Membership, Chapter 7. What happens when members don't represent Jesus? When, sh- when you should not submit, all of us at all times will be called. Okay, so the subtitle, sorry, is when you should not submit, you know, to your elders or the leadership. Quote, all of us at times will be called to endure humbly a leader's mistakes and sins. Nonetheless, Should you find yourself in a church where the leadership is characteristically abusive, I would, in most cases, encourage you to flee. Flee the project. Flee to, no, flee to protect your discipleship, to protect your family, to set a good example for the members left behind, and to serve non-Christian neighbors by not lending credibility to the church's ministry. How do you recognize abusive leadership? Paul requires two witnesses for a charge to be leveled against an elder, 1 Timothy 5.19, probably because he knows that leaders will be charged with infelicities more than others, often unfairly. That said, abusive churches and Christian leaders leaders characteristically make dogmatic prescriptions in places where scripture is silent. They rely on intelligence, humor, charm, guilt, emotions, or threats rather than on God's word and prayer. See Acts 6.4. They play favorites. They punish those who disagree. They employ extreme forms of communication like tempers or silent treatment. Recommend courses of action that always somehow improve the leader's own situation even at the expense of others. They speak often and quickly. Seldom do good deeds in secret, seldom encourage, seldom give the benefit of the doubt, emphasize outward conformity rather than repentance of heart. Uh, They preach, counsel, disciple, and oversee the church with lips that fail to ground everything in what Christ has done in the gospel and to give glory to God. 
Those are pages 118 and 119 from Church Membership by Jonathan Lehman. So, end quote. The leaders we follow matter. John MacArthur puts it this way. Whatever the leaders are, the people become. God gave the church leaders to protect and care for his people and give an example of what it looks like to follow after him. When a church affirms the wrong leaders or fails to stand up to those who are disqualified, it damages her people and weakens her witness in the community. We have to be jealous for qualified and accountable leaders that are godly and growing. God has standards for leadership in his church. The church and all her members must know what the Bible expects from leaders and is responsible to hold them accountable. We can't just assume that our elders are qualified and accountable. It is our responsibility to affirm or deny it. DOP fam, thanks so much for joining me on another episode here on Discipleship on Purpose. I hope this episode helped you understand that Jesus does not call us to submit to unqualified and unaccountable leaders. And uh, as always, DOP fam, I absolutely love connecting with you on social media. DOP podcast can be found on Twitter at DOP podcast. We're on Instagram at DOP underscore podcast. We have a Facebook page called Discipleship on Purpose podcast. And I even have an email. So don't forget to tag me with a shout out about today's episode. You can also send me an email if you have any feedback or a topic request. My email is podcast.dop at gmail.com. I look forward to catching you in the next episode. And until then, make sure to be following leaders that represent Jesus Christ. Go get some, fam.